Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
We praise your holy name and we thank you, Father, for bringing us through the things, the trials, the tribulations, the difficult times, the fiery, the fiery uh, fires that are to try us. Father, we praise you for helping us to understand the times that we're in right now and to be able to see, hopefully, with some accuracy, the bigger picture, but also to be ever patient, understanding that as we go through, in some cases in our walk, chastening to straighten out our path a little bit, there is a progression into a, a, a part of our sanctification known as the refiner's fire, and so many of us are having to endure that, and it's uh, it seems never-ending at times. It really does. But yet we give you all the praise, Father, and we thank you, especially because we know that via your mercy, by, via your love, while it sometimes doesn't feel, just like the Scripture says, that it doesn't feel good to go through chastening and it doesn't go th- feel good, you know, to go through the refiner's fire. Sometimes, Father, we have to be torn down in order to be built back up into what you need us to be. We don't understand these things. We just understand what your Scripture tells us. We know that it's part of our walk, and we so desperately desire to please you and to walk in utter and total harmony with you. Father, we love you from the bottom of our heart. We want to please you. We want to be obedient to you in every possible way. Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you for the opportunity to be able to get together, to be able to uh, to share in communion, to be able to pray together, to be able to lift up the lost, Father, across the world, understanding what it means when we read Isaiah 43:25, where you said, Father, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. And we praise you, Father, for it goes on to say, Your first fathers sinned and your mediators have transgressed against me. But, Father, not ours. Our mediator is right there, sitting at your right hand. And we are so desperately looking forward to standing before you, Lord Jesus. For the days that we are in right now don't end up in a happy ending. We understand that there's really not a way to pray away parts of the Holy Bible, but to understand who we are in our walk. And to be able to see maybe, with a little bit of accuracy and acuity, the things that are happening to be wise as serpents, but at the same time, gentle as doves. It's not an easy burden to carry during these days, Father, because we can see the things that are happening, and they're pretty bad, and they're going to get a lot worse. There's no doubt about it. The only question that we have is how much longer, and of course, you're not going to tell us. But we do praise you, and thank you. I feel sometimes like there's no end to my trials and tribulations. They just seem to get perpetually worse all the time. (laughs) But you know what, Father? I know there's got to be a reason for it. We know the thoughts that you think about us, not thoughts of evil, but thoughts of good to bring us to an expected end. And we praise you for that. We know that each each, um, phase of the fiery trials that are to try us will ultimately bring us to a place, a better place, in our Uh, journey to eternity in our hopes 
of being counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, Lord Jesus. O Holy Lord Jesus, please, we pray, that you will fill us with love for you, dedication for you, so much. Just fill us with absolute adoration that you truly are and do, in fact, become our first love. That it's not just words that come out of our mouth, but they are spoken with power. For now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Ephesians 3.20. Praise God. I pray I have that right. Doing all this from memory sometimes is a little hard. But I just praise you, Father, because it's according to the power that works in us. And these, if you have the right perspective, are the times when you need your royal priesthood, your holy nation, your own special people who were called out of the darkness and into your marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Father, we praise you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to come before you. We praise you for the electronics. I thank you for my job, even though <laughs> it is definitely a tool that is being used by darkness to both bless me and that I'm able to good things for the kingdom as much as I possibly can, but at the same time, a very, very high price needs to be paid. And I just praise you for that high price because there's got to be a reason for it. I'm just going to keep on singing your praise. Whatever will be, will be. <laughs> because I know, and I know that everyone else, I believe with all of my heart, not just believe, but know. And I believe there's a big difference, Father, between the words to believe and the words to know. And I know in my heart, as imperfect as I am, as Paul would say, <laughs> I don't know exactly how he put it, but basically that he was essentially the least uh, worthy, if, if, if at all. And I sometimes feel like I may be the only person on earth that's got Paul beat, <laughs> except I never killed any Christians. <laughs> oh, Father, thank you for the target on my back. Thank you for the target on everybody else's back. Help us to understand in our hearts means something. It means something really, really, really important. And it has everything to do with our heavenly rewards and the opportunity that you have laid before us to potentially be counted worthy, even though we know with a contrite spirit that we're not worthy. But we sure would like to be counted such as such. Very much so. Father, we also pray that if there are things that we can do to be better, if there's more time in praise and worship that we can spend, more time praying for the loss, more time 
casting out devils, more time applying fundamental principles of spiritual warfare to get rid of the darkness, to open up opportunities for us to be able to call down heaven's power, heaven's angels, to call down that which you need us to call down in days such as this. That it's not just really an ask. It's a very strong duty. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an entire chapter dedicated to it in the Bible, let alone the probably several hundreds of scriptures and examples that have been set throughout thousands of years of time to the importance of praise and prayer. The understanding that the greatest commandment is to love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. Oh, Father, how little we understand. Please, we pray that the power, that life and death that is in the power of our tongue, transcends and speaks that power forth through our confession. Father, we love you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We want to fall deeper in love with you. We want you to be everything to us. We want our eyes to stay affixed to yours. We want all our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our round robe and gown in heaven to be watched by your precious blood. We plead your blood all over our household, our dwelling places, our jobs, our workplaces, and particularly all the places that are causing us the most amount of grief. We plead your blood upon those things that would irritate us so bad we could barely stand to get up in the morning sometimes. We plead, Lord Jesus, your blood, your divine protection around us. Lord, I plead your blood over my job, because quite frankly, I just assume, well, you know what I just assume do. <laughs> oh, praise you, Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you for awakening us to these things, because this understanding has eternal ramifications. For these things are the mysteries which Paul struggled so deeply to try to share with the churches. These, Father, we know are the mysteries that help us to understand Jesus, your ascension, and how you can be one with the Father. How you can say to those who accused you, have I not said in your law that ye are gods? To understand what these things mean. To be able to stitch together the awesomeness of the cosmology of all your creation. To understand that there are trillions, probably way more than trillions, 
of galaxies far beyond this quantum physics hologram that we're trapped in right now. To be able to realize that through only your blessings and truly your love for us, that we could be privy to all the things that trouble the hearts of those who have not joined us in this journey thus far. But we pray that they will. We recognize the might behind the words of Isaiah 26, verse 9b. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Father, to be able to see not just this notion that everything is evil, but to understand the true meaning of the words in Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. To understand the meaning of Psalm 116, verse 15, we will rise at midnight to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Praise you, Father. Thank you for helping us to understand what this is all about, who we actually are. To understand that it rains on the just and the unjust. To know what it means when Jesus said, judge not that ye be judged. To understand the power of love and how the power of true, real, Love, dedicated, overwhelming desire as a deer panteth for the water to be in your presence, but to also love you so much that we're willing to endure these trials, tribulations, difficulties, understanding that they are in our best interest. And that is a journey that many will not make Father, we pray from the very depths of our heart that whatever it is inside of us that needs cleaned up, that you're cleaning up now. If we need chastened, because as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 31 and 32, that if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we fail to judge ourselves and our behaviors in alignment with your holy word, we will be judged and we will be chastened. But then also to recognize the blessed glory to be able to eventually move past chastening into those fiery trials that refiner's fire, that if we don't go through it, we cannot come out as pure gold. And it is that humble and contrite heart becoming the beatitude, desiring to give even to those who hate us Understanding what it means to take up our cross and follow you 
understanding what it means, the fulfillment of the scripture that's so desperately misunderstood, that even says that it was done for the purpose of fulfilling the prophecy that you, Lord Jesus, would be counted amongst the transgressors, even though you were innocent and sin-free. When two crummy little swords were found, and you said, that is enough for 13 people. Yet somehow, in our iniquity, we always think of a way to take the power of the name of Jesus out of our walk. We thank you for helping us to understand who we are. We praise you for helping us to understand. Thank you, Father, for giving us the spiritual acuity. And, I guess, a blessing of intellectual capacity to be able to see the vast majority of people think is wrong. And to understand it when we're going in the same direction as everyone else. It's time to stop and take pause. For we Love you, Father. We want to be what we were destined to be, a part of the Godhead. For it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And as the scripture says, we are to put on Christ. Oh, Father, we pray that you will forgive so many millions of our fellow brothers and sisters who are misled in the flesh to think that we are anything other than beings of light and love who do not understand, Lord Jesus, why you turned to the multitudes and said, if you cannot eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you cannot follow after me and watched those same multitudes turn away. We praise you for helping us to understand that which others cannot. We praise you for helping us to understand that what we're going through comes with it such a weight of glory that we must be brought low to be lifted up in the humility of true love. Love even for our enemies. Love even to carry our own cross and to become you in the face of all of those who see us. To never make the mistake or at least try as hard as we can 
to fall. And especially if we do fall, to get right back up. To confess with the power of our tongues our sin before you, Father. And thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Father, we do fear you. We fear, just like Jesus warned us, having our bodies and souls cast into hellfire. We thank you for helping us to understand that the convoluted false interpretations that we tend to hear from the pulpit are designed by the devil to yank people into a false state of security. Or 1 Peter 4.18 says, I believe I have that scripture right. I have to check it. If a righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly be? If a righteous one is scarcely saved. Father, we pray, please, We pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch and anoint us, that you will draw us in under the shadow of your wings. That we, through our, not because we hope for special protection or, Father, we always want that, we always desire it, but because we love you. That we desire to reside in the secret place of the Most High, that we miss you when we don't spend that extra time in prayer, even when we oftentimes don't get an answer right away. Reminded to pray like the persistent widow in Luke 18, to never give up, to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on reverently knocking, knowing that these things will be given to us, and sometimes greater things than these. If we are patient and we are persistent, for it is our perseverance, not our perfection, that is rewarded. As it says in Revelation 3.10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will deliver you from the hour of trial. We know that's a metaphor. Thank you, Father that will come upon all those who dwell upon the earth. And Father, it's not about escaping. Oh yes, we don't want to be here. But boy, oh boy, do we want to be in your presence. Even Jesus, in in his moment of flesh-like behavior, And he said, Father, if it is at all possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And Father, we ask for your will. And for those of us who find ourselves continuously swirling amidst those fiery trials that are to try us. Allow us to say that with love, understanding that to the pure all things are pure. And that this is really just 
a holographic proving ground. Teach us, Father. Help us. We know you love us. Of course we realize the throne room must be incredibly busy. I can only imagine the four and twenty elders, the courtrooms in heaven, the cries of mercy coming from the people that are going through a type of hell on earth, but yet, at the same time, how many, potentially hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, would cry out to you who otherwise never would. And understand that all the angels in heaven praise you for the repentance of one sinner. And as Paul said, should we go and sin so that we can receive more grace? Heaven forbid. Are we going to mess up? Probably so. We praise you for your mercy. We thank you for helping us to understand the magnitude of the opportunity that has been laid before us. We beseech you, Father, from the bottom of our hearts to keep our hearts humble and contrite. And not just believing, but knowing that you are our dear Father, our Abba Father. Thank you. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for one more day. And thank you for helping us especially to understand through the testimony of the saints that have been taken to heaven and brought back to us to share through the visions and dreams over, in some cases, thousands of years that help us to understand how heaven works. To help us to understand that we have inheritance and rewards and also to help us to understand that being cast into the outer darkness isn't going to hell, but it's definitely not a happy thing. that all of us want to climb that holy hill. All of us want to stand beside our Lord Jesus, faultless, with exceeding joy in the presence of your glorious throne room. And as Joshua in Zechariah 3, 1 through 5, the high priest, Joshua, be given charge over your courts. The courts of all creation. The courts of trillions of galaxies. You are awesome, Father. And may we have an outpouring, an anointing, a 
of your grace to endure. We don't have to be participants, but to endure with grace those things which you lie before us. To learn to endure them. To deal with them. And to do the very best we can. To show others that we don't have to participate. But also that we don't cast judgment upon them. Or as it says in Jude, I believe it's verse 23. And some save with compassion, knowing the difference. Help us to have that compassion. Help us to be Jesus in the eyes of all of those who see us. Not condemning. Close. The perfect examples of what you would have us be. When we're forced to be in a situation, Father, that we're uncomfortable, we ask for extra grace. We ask you to teach us to be gentle. We ask you to teach us to be like you. We praise you for being you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful, incredible, unspeakably awesome opportunity. And we thank you for this glorious moment of time that we're still allowed to pray for the lost together. May the, may the, the things that we say tonight Echo in the hearts and the minds of anyone who may listen at any time. And touch people in a way that leads them, that leads them to desire to serve you in whatever way is possible. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Father. We praise your name. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tonight is Friday, October 27th. The time now is 7.36 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And Father, we come before you. We praise you. And together, we light the Sabbath candles, or if you prefer, the Shabbat candles, or if you prefer, you don't have to do it at all. Just like it says in Romans 14, for we are not under the law, but we love to please you, Father. We love to please you, and we praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. I like to light three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one 
for our precious Holy Spirit. Teach us, Father, to thank you for every drink of water. Speak to our hearts. Show us the right way. Help us to hear that voice in our our ear behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever we turn to the left hand or whenever we turn to the right. Isaiah 30, 21. The Hebrew Kaddish. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei peri hagafen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavahu v'ratzon in Hilanu Zikaron Lemase Vereshit Ki Huyom Tehila Lemikra Ekodesh Zechelitziat Mitraim Ivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, himchaltanu. Baruch Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven. O Lord, with your precious blood, and Father, with your holy fire, we glorify you. We glorify you. Are you, I love this, are you a bummer lamb? Every once in a while, a you will give birth to a lamb and reject it. If the lamb is returned to the you, The mother may even kick the poor animal away. Once a ewe rejects one of her lambs, she will never change her mind. These little lambs will hang their heads so low it looks like something's wrong with their necks. Their spirits are broken. These lambs are called bummer lambs. Unless the shepherd intervenes, that lamb will die, rejected and alone. So do you know what the shepherd does? He takes that rejected little one into his home, hand feeds it, keeps it warm by the fire, 
He'll wrap it up in blankets and hold the little lamb to his chest so the bummer lamb can hear his heartbeat. Once the lamb is strong enough, the shepherd will place it back in the field with the rest of the flock. But that sheep will never forget how that shepherd cared when its own mother rejected him. When the shepherd calls for the flock, guess who runs to him first? That's right. The little bummer lamb. He knows his voice and intimately. It's not that the bummer lamb is loved more. It just knows intimately the one who loves it. So many of us are bummer lambs, rejected, broken. But he, our Lord Jesus, is a good shepherd. He cares for our every need, holds us close to his heart, so we can hear his heart beat. We may be broken, but we are deeply loved by the shepherd. From one bummer lamb to another, I'm here because I love every one of you. And I don't want one of you, not one, not one, to miss out on the blessing of all of eternity to have to suffer any more than is necessary. Let us all hold our heads high and praise Jesus, knowing that He deeply loves every one of us. We thank You, Lord, for all that You have done. Let us hold dear to every time you have come to our rescue and praise you forevermore. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. They raid our budding vineyard of love, which I, to ruin what I've planted within you. Won't you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together.
to dwell upon your holy hill The one who walks along a blameless path In all he does are only righteous Sin against the Lord. 
and ceasing to pray for you. 1 Samuel 12, 23. Jesus answered them and said, I told you, you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And my Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. But be careful. There's nothing keeping you from jumping out of those hands. We thank you, Jesus. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your mercy, Father, towards those who fear you. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you, our Father, removed our transgressions from us. As the Father pities his children, the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame, and he remembers. He remembers we are dust. Psalm 103, 11. Father, we pray that you will keep back your servants. We pray, Father, us. For we heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we said, Father, here we are. Send us. And through prayer, we serve you, understanding how crucial it is to the mission of the kingdom. While so many of our fellow brothers and sisters don't. And we thank you, Father, for that revelation. For it provides for us an ability, regardless of where we are, what we're doing, what we're exposed to, to stand on holy ground and call down the very power that you have given us through Christ Jesus. We pray, keep back your servant, all of us, Father, from presumptuous sin and let them not have dominion over us. And then we shall be blameless. We shall be innocent of great transgression. We thank you, Jesus. Psalm nineteen thirteen. For the Lord is near to those 
who have a broken heart. And he saves such as have a contrite spirit. We thank you, Father, for teaching us. We thank you, Father, for teaching us. Glory be to God. Luke 18, 9. Love the Bible so often. 31,102 verses of awesomeness. And it doesn't even include so much of the other anointed text. Luke 18, 19. Or I'm sorry, 18, 9. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. <laughs> this is so awesome. Two men went up to the temple to pray, Jesus said. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood, and he prayed thus with himself, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give tithes to all on all those things with which I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. He beat his breast saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Humble our hearts, Father. Humble our hearts. Let our hearts be like that of little children. Oh, Lord, we wish for a day like the days that have gone by where many of us likely laid on our back staring up at crystal clear blue skies and beautiful white puffy cotton balls of clouds thinking and wondering about how awesome you must be. Oh, if we could only have the eyes of a child who wonders how amazing you must be. Who has the faith. Who believes. Who does not doubt. Who knows in their heart. We praise you, Lord, and thank you. 
We thank you for all the things that we have to go through. We praise you for all the trials and tribulations. We thank you for the scriptures that admonish us. That these things that we go through are actually good. Teach us, Father, we pray, please, that if we would only trust you and praise you and thank you for the outcome which we have lifted up before thee, that we would all be blessed beyond measure by the results that we knew in our heart at the heart of a child were going to be ours as we persistently asked. We knew it. And we pray in Jesus' name, O Father, teach us to know it. Teach us to know it. We praise you and thank your holy, oh Lord, your holy, holy name. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. At this time, I personally like to use, I use a lot of anointing oil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I put it on myself just like the Israelites did on Passover when they took the Lamb's blood and put it over their doorpost. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we consecrate ourselves into your holy hands and we praise your name. We consecrate ourselves, Lord Jesus, into your holy hands and we praise you. Do with us what you will, whatever you may do. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We ask you, Father, if there is any refining that it needs to be done in us, we submit to it. For we know that it will bring us to a new place, a good place. For we live to be a part of you, to be a part of that which you have given us as a gift through the blood of our Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we declare holy fire. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Zechariah 2.5, holy fire. Like that which is metaphorically shot out of the mouth of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. We praise you, Father God, for revealing to us the power that has been given to us through you. Thank you, Jesus, for you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love, and of a sound mind. We praise you for understanding these things. We thank you for the meaning of now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that you set your wills against us, you shall be immediately struck in Jesus' name by the holy fire of God and burned into screaming agony in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
We declare the fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to encapsulate our dwelling places, to encapsulate our cars on all sides, Job 1-9, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we declare and decree and plead with the courts of heaven in Jesus' name for eight-foot-tall mighty warrior angels to stand guard and to follow us wherever we go. Father, we also ask you in Jesus' name for the days of darkness of which we endure, for a platoon of warrior angels, fully clad in the armor of God, diamond-tipped sword, sharp as razor blades, Father God, to be assigned to us, Delta Force in the name of Jesus Christ, to ferret all out all indirect threat vectors, to shut down all demonic portals, to tear up all demonic contracts and assignments, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, to make good eyes blind and good ears deaf. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for this divine protection to wrap itself around us on all sides. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Any entity of the darkness that attempts to set their wills against us, struck by the fire of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we declare the warrior angels to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Thank you, Jesus. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ that any earthly or spiritual weapons shall be vaporized by the fire of God. And the entities behind them, struck by it, burned into screaming agony, and made a public spectacle thereof. In accordance with Colossians 2.15.4, the only offensive weapon in the armor of God, Ephesians 6.10, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. Hallelujah! And we thank you, Father, for teaching us that Word and helping us to understand the power that you have given us in Jesus name we declare that any fiery darts that are launched at our minds be vaporized in the mighty name of Jesus we decree in Jesus name a holy fire a whirlwind a holy tornado of your fire father God your fire in Jesus name to wrap around our prayers to wrap around our praise in the name of Jesus scattering the darkness through the firmament of the rock melting an opening in it scattering the demons of darkness and the second order demons the principalities the powers the spiritual host of wickedness the rulers of darkness the thrones these evil creatures of stench Father God, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke them. We call down the fire of God to burn them. We call down fire swords of cherubim to cut them. And we declare warrior angels upon them to wage war against them such as never been seen since before there was time in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Alleluia. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We exercise the role of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, over any demonic region that would set their wills against us. We exercise the role of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, over any demonic region that would permit these spirits in or through their territory. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light in Jesus' name. And we require the immediate destruction of all their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all their schemes, the cancellation of all their assignments against them. Penalties applied into the pit in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Father. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you, including my wonderful forced trip to Vegas. Ugh. I'm sorry, Father. I shouldn't complain. Please forgive me. There's got to be a reason. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. Hmm. Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for everything. Your will be done. Hallelujah. Your will be done. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Father. Oh, you know how much I don't want to do it. But I praise you, Father. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. Maybe you'll take me home. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Whatever you do, Father God, we thank you. We are ready for all in Jesus' name. We accept all in Jesus' name. Let only your will, Father, only your will be done in us and all of us. We wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands we commit our soul, our spirit, and we offer it to you with all the love of our heart. With all the love of our heart, we surrender of ourselves into your hand without reserve and with boundless confidence. O Lord, O Lord, hear. O Lord, Father, forgive. O Father God, listen and act, please. Do not delay. Daniel 9, 19, for your people, the hopeful, very, very hopeful bride of our first love, our Lord Jesus. We cry out to you this day, Father, and we pray, O Lord, let not our prayers be hindered. First Peter three seven in Jesus' name. Therefore, I 
of heaven scriptures first peter 2 9 but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people but are now the people of God who would not obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Ezekiel 22.30 So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Well, we're going to stand in the gap. Thank you, Jesus. 
Matthew 18.18, which which helps us, those of us who have been blessed with understanding. Thank you, Father. Understand operating in the courts of heaven. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Very few people understand that. You'll never find the answer in churchianity. The ant, well, you know, let's just say it'd probably be rare, rare as pure gold. But it, it, it's binding and loosing contractual, contractual clauses. You bind it on earth, it's bound in heaven. You loose it on earth, it's loosed in heaven. We're operating, whether we know it or not, in the courts of heaven. But if we're not obeying the rules of the courtroom, what happens? Contempt of court. Oops. John twenty twenty three. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is reflective of when we say, remember, we are crucified in Christ and it's no longer us who lives, but Christ Jesus who lives in us. Remember, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us through Jesus. All right? That power. Okay, so when we say, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Guess what happened? Father forgives them. However, in the case of where Paul uh, turned such a one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that their soul would be saved, we also have that option as well. I always prefer love. I always prefer love. But Paul had situations that were pretty desperate. But he did it out of love for the destruction of the flesh, which is why 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 31, and 32 explains that when you don't examine yourself, this is why people in the church are weak, sick, and dead. I'm not just talking about drinking the sacramental wine. (laughs) Those principles apply always. Daniel 9.19, because, you know, remember, Jesus told that man that he healed, he's like, you know, go, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. It's one of the things that the churches make mistakes. I, I know I was born and raised in such churches, and uh, they don't teach the person that they deliver the rules. <laughs> they deliver them, and then they got, you know, Please come and join us next Sunday. We'll have, you know, a potluck dinner. They don't tell the individual how they, you know, what their obligations are. And guess what happens? Seven other more demons, (laughs) seven other demons are more uh, vicious and evil than themselves, you know, than the original enter and dwell there. And the worst, you know, the, the, the last state of the man is worse than the first. And so shall it be with, with what? This wicked generation. Amen. Praise God. It's all there. There's total harmony in scriptures if you understand it. And one of my favorites always, Isaiah forty three twenty five. 
I, even I, our Father said, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. We confess of our sins, our Father is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Oh, but be careful. Just like with King David, it's uh, very reflective of the lesson we learned from 1 Corinthians 13. I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse, we'll start with 13. Oh, no, we'll go back even a little bit further. This is so, this is awesome. Understanding this is so awesome. For we are God's fellow workers. Now, now, reflect back just for a moment. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance, and let us contend together. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, Paul said, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let, now this is so vitally important, but let each one, every one of us, take heed, watch your step, how you build on that foundation. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work, work, will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Not volume. Quality. If anyone's work which he has built upon endures, Results in somebody being saved, somebody being blessed, somebody being helped, somebody seeing Jesus in your behavior. If it endures, he or she will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer a loss. So it's a merit and a demerit system. I already got so many demerits. I need like extra credit, okay? As much extra credit as I can get. Uh, praise God. Don't you? Don't we all? 
If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer a loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so, as through fire. Watch out for this one. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God? Oops. I thought there was going to be a third settlement temple. No, I didn't. Because it says right here, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. the temple, but then there's also this other one that's just so awesome and goes hand in hand with that. Never mind Revelation 22, verse 2, where Jesus goes, Behold, my rewards are with me to give to each according to their work. Faith without works is dead. Hmm. Well, if I have dead faith, what would that mean? First Corinthians. This is so just absolutely beyond awesome. Though I speak with the tongues of angels, I'm sorry, with the tongues of men and of angels. But have not love. So remember, we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. And don't be fooled by the devil. The devil's behind a lot of pulpits. And in talking about your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. This is some pretty deep love here. Let me tell you why. The kind of love that when you're robbed, yelled at, beaten, stolen from, abused, you are Jesus. You rise above it because you are a royal priesthood. And you run down the road and you give them your cloak. Giving drink to a thirsty enemy. We are reviled and we bless. We are gentle as doves. We are sheep led to the slaughter. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. That's deep, deep, deep love. Overflowing. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 
So you're making a lot of noise for nothing. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned for Jesus, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. You get zero reward. Now, you wonder why some people are going to be cast out into the outer darkness and they won't be up on Mount Zion, the city of the living God, with the heavenly Jerusalem and an innumerable company of angels with just men made perfect. They're thrown out into the shadowy area. It's not hell. But I don't know about you. If I was there and a bunch of people were told to get me out, I would be none too pleased. Of course, the terms that the Bible uses, wailing and gnashing of teeth. But translations are translations. Greek does not translate to English. Hebrew does not translate to English. I'm sorry. It doesn't. Now, you can analyze it. You can come close, but you're not going to get it perfect. Hebrew is extraterrestrial. <gasps> but wait, anything that wasn't born on Earth is by its definition otherworldly, is it not? And why does Genesis 4 say these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Generations of the heavens and the earth? What's that all about? It's awesome stuff. The opportunity that has been laid before us if we would just pay attention to the word. Closely. Oh, we're to meditate on the words, but don't believe anything except what your preacher tells you. Don't bother to get a dictionary out. Surely you know what the synonyms for contrite are, don't you? Love suffers long. Love suffers long. And is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely or seek its own interests. Love is not provoked. And love does not think evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. 
that rejoices in the truth, which is Jesus. It bears all things, believes all things like a child, and hopes in all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will eventually fail. And whether there are tongues, they will cease someday. Whether there is knowledge, oh, it'll vanish away. Won't need that no more. For we know in part now, and we prophesy in part now, but when that which is perfect comes, our Lord Jesus Christ, then that which is in part will be done away with. We won't need it anymore. You know why? Him. Who is he? God. Wow. That is some deep, deep, cool stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Zechariah 3, verses 1 through 7. Very important. Now, remember, Zechariah, our buddy Zach here, he saw this stuff. I mean, he actually was, like, seeing it. Zechariah says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan was standing at his right hand to oppose him. What? What's the high priest of, and an angel of the Lord and Satan doing in the same room together? Oh, yeah. The courts of heaven. I forgot. Yeah, now I remember. Number two, and then the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? That's a metaphor for saying that Joshua was chosen by God, even though he wasn't perfect. Verse three, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Another metaphor for sin like us all, and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away those filthy garments from him. That's what our father told them. And to him, our father said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Then I said, let them put, this is our father speaking, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua and said, thus saith the Lord of hosts, if you will walk, notice, quid quid pro quo, quid pro quo, always quid pro quo, quid pro quo. God expects we obey. Otherwise, <laughs> you forfeit. But you might be saved as through by fire. Let's hope so, right? <laughs> 
because we are to fear him who can cast body and soul. Don't get me going on if your eye offends you, pluck it out and all that stuff. That's pretty radical. I like to, I've often told people, you know, sitting in a restaurant and thinking that the waitress is really pretty as she's heading over to your table, you know, that's basically temptation. But the moment, the split second that you take it even a tiny bit further in your heart, that's outright sin. Then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my court. And I can just imagine this. Can you imagine this? And our Heavenly Father goes, And I will give you places to walk Amongst all these who stand here. Zechariah 2.5 For I, saith the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and the glory in her midst. That fire is our weapon. The holy fire of God is the single most feared spiritual warfare. This is, this is exactly what it's talking about in Revelation 11. It's not two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv blocking Abram's A1 tank rounds with fire shooting out of their mouths. That's absolutely ridiculous. In fact, there are those out there that try to claim that Elijah is going to be one of them because there's a prophecy that says Elijah is going to return. But then that gets kiboshed because Jesus said, uh, here, and I'll even pull it up just in case somebody wants to question, which of course people love to question stuff, don't they? Um, rather than, you know, looking it up themselves. Um, but let's, as long as we got the Internet, it makes it really easy. Otherwise, you've got to know the key words and you've got to have a powerful tool. Um, Elijah is John the Baptist. Matthew eleven fourteen. Gee whiz, let's take a look. Must be another one of those wacky mysteries. Matthew eleven fourteen. I love this. This is just one of those that churchianity will blow right over. <laughs> They'll avoid it like, you know, <laughs> the next, well, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, they'll avoid it. <clears throat> Assuredly, I say to you, amongst those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Ah. And there's that wacky mystery. What could it mean? John 14, and Jesus says, I'm sorry, Matthew 11, verse 14, and Jesus says, And if you are willing to receive it, 
He is Elijah who is to come. It says right there, Assuredly, I say to you, among those who are born of women has not, is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is the least of heaven uh, is greater, you know, of, in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers force and violence and all that kind of stuff, which is very interesting. It implies that the wars in the heavens are still taking place, doesn't it? Surely it does. And then verse 13, for all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to receive it, he, John, is Elijah who is to come. Looks like we have a fulfillment of the prophecy now, doesn't it? If you can receive it. But if you can't, then, oh well, pass the collection plate. I like to hunt these things down. It's exciting. Thank you, Jesus. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, as I deal with unbelievably difficult times at work, and as each person who is listening now and praying with deals with especially difficult times in their workplace as well, we pray, Father, that you will work with us, that you will teach us, you will anoint us, you will pour out your grace upon us. And Father, help us to please you. Or now more than ever before, we need our enemies to be at peace with us. Make good eyes blind. Make good ears deaf. We pray in Jesus' name. For you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem. Hey! I thought Jerusalem was over in the Middle East. What's that all about? But you have come to Mount Zion. Well, yeah, I don't feel like I'm in Mount Zion. Let me look around here. Wait a minute. Look to the left. <clears throat> I see a Gumby and a Pokey. I see a Thumper. Because if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Hmm. No? I don't see anything. But wait. That which is bound on earth is bound in heaven. That which is loosened on earth is loosened in heaven. But you have come to Mount Zion. Really? You have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. The city of God. But wait a minute. How big is heaven? I can tell you this. City of God is where God's throne is. City of God is where God's throne room. It's where all the, the courts of heaven are located. It's where the apostles reside, and it's where the city mansions are located. And each one of the city mansions has a back terrace that has a direct line of sight toward the toward the throne room of God, where the crystal river flows down and then goes over the side of what Mount Zion. But wait a minute, that's on Earth. It says, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, which is a congress, and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to the God, to God, the judge of all 
to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator, the lawyer, the advocate of the new covenant. Kind of sounds like we're there already, huh? When Angela, when Angelica Zambrano was taken on her tour, she had she had to go through a lot of stuff. And when she was taken on her tour across heaven, from above looking down, she asked the angel, "Why are all those angels down there not working on the houses and the and the mansions?" Because not everybody gets a mansion. Some of us probably, like me, get a little pup tent. <laughs> you know, no, it's actually true. It's part of your rewards package. It's part of your rewards. Behold, I come quickly. God rewards love, kindness, generosity, giving, self-sacrificing, he loves, more than anything, prayer. More than anything. And he considers that way more important than being a preacher or a pastor or any of that other stuff. Last will be first, and the first will be last. So when you look up there and say, you know, that person's going to receive so many, they're going to have a beautiful, big, wonderful mansion. Don't be so sure. Because our Father looks upon the heart. Our Father looks upon the heart. Where is your heart? Oh, I'm mad at my ex-husband. He did terrible things to me. When you stand praying, forgive. For if you do not forgive, the Father will not forgive you. But wait, that person did awful things to me. I need to be cut a break. No, you don't get cut a break. The testimonies of many that have been taken to hell showed Christians in hell. A lot of them. Know what the number one reason was? Failure to forgive. So if anyone has done you wrong, I don't care what it was. But that person did this. No, sorry. You don't get a break. No breaks. Put that person at the top of your prayer list. I can <laughs> I have a good collection of people that have done some really horrible things to me really bad really really bad and I knew in my heart and then I had even seen a confirmation from a, a, a pastor from long ago named William Law. 
And his quote was, is, well, you know, was, nothing will make you love a person more than praying for them. Why is that so important to our Father? Think about it. Because of the responsibilities that we will be given as priests and kings over all of creation. And that comes with it a humble, loving, kind, forgiving, deep understanding, empathy, humility. Our Heavenly Father is not going to put up with another Lucifer. And he's Dagnabbage are not going to promote anybody that doesn't have the prerequisite heart. And that heart includes a strong desire to fight against the works of the devil. That's why prayer is vital. That's why our Father will not remember our sins. And He asks us to keep Him in remembrance and let us work together. These are the divine rules of the universes. And yes, that's a plural word. Universes that our Heavenly Father created. It's part of the kingdom of God. And those are His proclamations. He is the Most High. And Jesus is begotten. And they are one. But Lucifer, no, not Lucifer was the greatest created being, but he was never part of the Godhead. He was there during the architecture and creation of creation. That's why the evil ones call him the great architect of the universe, because they tell everybody that the Bible's encoded and it's flipped upside down, which is why it says in Isaiah... They turn everything upside down. I even had a well-known pastor one time call me and say, there's this man out there, his name is so-and-so, which I happen to have heard about this person I knew. And he said, what do you think about his teaching? You know, because it sounds, you know, it sounds like it's got a lot of merit to it and stuff. And I'm like, no, it does not. Run for your life. There are actually people out there that teach this stuff because they have they don't understand our Father. They don't understand the old covenant, the love covenant of Jesus. They don't understand Jesus raising the bar. They just don't get it. They live. They don't understand. They just don't get stuff. There's beautiful, perfect. Unbelievable, awesome harmony. But if you're looking at the Bible through fleshy eyes, 
You're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. And sadly so, the vast majority of those who read the Bible, they don't. They don't keep a thesaurus by their side. They don't keep a dictionary by their side. They don't look up the definition of contrite. They don't they don't look up they don't do that. They don't meditate on diddly. They open their Bible to one or two verses on Sunday or whatever day, and they read along while the pastor jumps up and down and jumps up and down and says how wonderful Jesus is, and then does an altar call. And there's never even the slightest mention of the rest of the story. Praise God. And that's a very, very, very sad thing. very sad. We are very blessed. Although when I think of work right now, I'm not feeling that blessed. <laughs> okay. But praise God, I have a job. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And yes, I do pray for every single one of you. I mean it. I know. And you're probably like, man, Johnny, I've been listening to you for like 12 years and you're always complaining. No, I wasn't. 2011, 2012, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, all those were wonderful years of my career. I never had a complaint. It just started getting real ugly recently. It's it has to do with the state of the the world. The uglier things get out there, the uglier the employers get. It it's it's not a good place to be. But it's definitely a um, a very fruitful environment for our Heavenly Father to use as the grounds for teaching. And evidently, I got a lot to learn. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's enter into communion. about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I eagerly yearned for this supper, and that you suffered so its children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. The lady not understand the reach of his plan. We were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gathered from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to plead to the heavenly court. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done, 
His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. He Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world, is received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3.16 We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1-14. Oh, Heavenly Father God, we pray, please, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, please, Father, blot out all of our transgressions. Lord God, we ask you to wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we acknowledge our transgressions and our sin is always before us. Against you, Father, you only, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, 
You desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden parts, it will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us, Father, and we shall be whiter than snow. Make us hear joy and gladness. That all these fiery trials that are to try us may bring us joy and to a state of rejoicing. Oh, Father, hide your face from our sin. Blot out all of our iniquity. Create in us a clean heart, Father. Renew in us a steadfast spirit. Do not cast us away. Do not allow us to to grieve the Holy Spirit, Father. Restore to us, we pray, the joy, the joy of your salvation. And uphold us with your generous spirit. And then, Father, we'll teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will be converted to you. We ask you, Father, please deliver us from the guilt of our past transgressions and sin. And then our tongues shall sing aloud of your righteousness. from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me. And in that same manner, he took a cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Ani Lododi Lododi Li I am my beloved and my beloved is mine
sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and his demons, and we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, but I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Ezekiel 22.30 Also, we heard the voice of our Father, saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we say, Father, here we are. Send us. Based upon Isaiah 6, 8. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John fourteen twelve to 14 Ephesians three twenty. Now to him, Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. Colossians 2, 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, Jesus made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in the cross disarmed principalities and powers. But wait. We are crucified in Christ and it is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. 
that Jesus is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And Luke 10, verse 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hmm. Sounds like it's our job now. I accept. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth in his disposal. Intensified prevailing prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Dewell, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much, James 5.16b. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity, impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. Remember King Hezekiah. Our father said, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. You will find me. You, you, if, you, if you search me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart. Well, that's a pretty tall order there. That's exactly what Angelica Zambrano did. And God sent a man, probably an angel, to her house in the Honduras. Out of nowhere. She opened the door and he said, the Lord is going to grant your wish. He's going to let you come to hell. But first you must die and go to hell. She freaked. She freaked. She's like, I don't want to go to hell. 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 And the man closed the door and walked away. Three days later, she dropped over dead in our living room. Fifteen years old. Sure enough, an angel came and took her straight into the pit. One of the best testimonies you'll ever see. And let me tell you, when she came back, that was it. She started traveling around the world into big stadiums telling everybody what she saw. And then she was taken to heaven. She asked the angel that was taking her on the tour over heaven as they were flying overhead. She, she said, but, but wait, what, what, wait, why? Why are those angels down there? Why did they stop working on those houses? How come they're not working on those houses down there? And the angel looked at her and said, because they have backslidden. For it is your good works, your prayer, your loving kindness that provides for the materials that build your mansion. Maybe we should pray more. Maybe I'll get an upgrade. 
Praise God, I hope. Uh, not that I deserve one. <laughs> we cast out demons, Mark sixteen seventeen to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Kodashiti, alabashanda, alleluia. And yes, Paul did say you're not supposed to be speaking in tongues in front of other believers. But I don't know who's out there listening right now. Verse 18, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink up, drink anything deadly, that word, by the way, the word drink means to ingest, if anything deadly goes into them, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Wait a minute, does it say they'll jump out of their wheelchair immediately? No, it doesn't. Because when you understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you have the gift of divine healing and you have the gift of miracles. If you don't have both, that person isn't going to jump out of their wheelchair. But it doesn't mean they're not going to be healed. Oh, ye of little faith. (laughs) Right? Praise God. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. Not pepper sprays, not guns. None of that. None of that. Sorry. Iniquity is when you think you can shoot somebody and still go to heaven. You can commit murder all you want. Oh, I was just defending myself. Show me where Jesus did that. Oh, but he went and got those two swords. He said, so you're not... No, it was so the prophecy that he would be counted amongst the transgressors. It says it right in the scripture. Since when, first off, if they were carrying swords in the first place, they wouldn't have had to go get them. Second off, when they came back with two, Jesus said, that's enough. Since when is two swords good enough for 13 people? But no, our iniquity-filled hearts will think of anything we can think of. We'll twist the scripture any way we possibly can so we can do exactly what God doesn't want us to do. People are going to find out. And it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be sad. Iniquity is believing that you can kill somebody willfully, even in self-defense. That's iniquity. It's a perversion in your heart. It is not Jesus-like at all. The sin is pulling the trigger. That's why King David was beseeching our Father to take away his iniquity. See, I've had conversations like this (laughs) With pastors and stuff. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me because you're a resident, never mind there's 195 countries in the world. Never mind there's actually 243 total countries in the world if you include the island nations. Never mind that the vast majority of Christians live in those other nations. Everybody thinks the United States is one of the most wonderful Christian nations. It is not. It is deceived and it is going into the pit. Okay, this is a damnable nation. It's an awful place, but people don't realize it. They actually are tricked into believing that because they support Israel, that they're somehow special. And that is absolutely a lie from the devil. All of the rules apply to all of us equally. God so loved the world. Okay, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you got, give it to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. Where are you going to follow Jesus to?
time. What you going to do? Shoot your way into heaven? Oh, I was only, you know, never mind. I'm sorry. You know, I I just didn't believe that verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. You know, Lord, I, I you know, I just, I couldn't know. I, and, you know, all of Romans 12, Father, I just, you know, I was really upset with them people in my front yard. And they were threatening me and saying all kinds of evil stuff and stuff. You know, so like, Father, I just took Romans 12 and I just ripped it right out of the Bible. I redacted that bad boy. I don't want that in my Bible. I ain't going to be like that. Come on, Father. You know, cut, cut, a, cut, cut a brother a break. You think so, huh? Well, if a righteous one is scarcely saved, where is the sinner and the ungodly going to be? First Peter 4.18. Pretty sure that's right. I'm going to double-check myself on that. No. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner up here. Don't even want to think about it. Don't want to think about it. I said to this one pastor, I was talking to him about that very subject, and I'm saying, Pastor, you're not thinking very clearly here. First, if you would just read what the Bible says right there, it says that he would be counted amongst the transgressors. They didn't have swords. They never did. They went to get them. And when Peter and all of his wisdom (laughs) chops the ear off the guy, the Lord rebukes him. Jesus stands before Pontius Pilate and he says, My kingdom is not from here. If my kingdom was from here, my servants would fight. But my kingdom is not from here. But wait. We're an exception because we're Americans, and we have something in it. Oh, let me think this through now. Let me think this through. i got to really think hard. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, it's in our Constitution. But wait. You know what else is? Sodomy. You know, sodomy isn't in the Constitution, but it is a legal right, thanks to the Antichrist Obama. <laughs> and others. All right? Right? It's your legal right. And now they're trying to make it your legal right to, you know, do really awful, horrible, bad things to small children. <laughs> okay? Cut their body parts off. Right? Never mind murdering babies. All that stuff. Perfectly legal. Oh, but that's bad, right? <laughs> okay. What do you base that on? We ignore the scriptures that we don't like. And we're going to pay a dear price. You cannot shoot your way into heaven. I can tell you that right now. Oh, but Father, I was just... No, 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 no. Don't work. That doesn't work. That don't work. But I... But, 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 but... Nothing. I'm sorry, but but nothing. But nothing. Somehow I have a hard time considering us to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we are to put on love, that love is the bond of perfection. And we're going to tear out all of Romans 12. 
Just throw it in the trash. Don't apply to us. Never mind Second Corinthians 10.5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not earthly. You know, when a person tried to kill me, resulted in um, about four police cars, uh, sheriffs, lights a-blazing, uh, two in my front yard, uh, two on the street, and an emergency EMT vehicle, one of them big yellow square ones, you know, and uh, freaked me out, uh, caught me off guard, kind of middle of the night sort of thing. Um, long story, but uh, I got kind of freaked out because, you know, if you see the devil coming at you, you got a little bit of time to think through it and prepare yourself. And you can say, you point at them. So you say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It does is that disarms. It, it disarms and takes away the legal right of the demon to stay inside the human. The demon is the one that's trying to kill you. The demon is the one that's trying to break into your house. The demon is the one that's controlling the individual. We are supposed to know that. We are supposed to study our Bible. We are supposed to have the heart of Christ. We are supposed to know these things. It's who we are. We are supposed to understand when Second Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 says the weapons of our, 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 our warfare are not earthly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Well... Take away the devil's right to even be there if you have to confront someone. Or you can just point your finger right at the demon. Remember, you talk to the mountain, talk to the mountain. When Jesus saw the people come running together, he said to the spirit, the, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Mark nine twenty five, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Why don't you give that a try? Oh, they scared me. They had all kinds of billy clubs and things. It was just so nerve-wracking. I had to shoot them. Way to show them how Jesus would behave. But be sure to rip off your what would Jesus do necklace. And don't expect to get a welcome, good and faithful servant. Oh, praise God. You know, I prayed about, I, I've gone through so many beatings from so-called Christians over this topic. Pastors, people I've called, I mean, let me tell you something. The ignorance is unbelievable. Once the devil has the hold, a hold of somebody, they'll think, they'll think of anything. Instead of a Christian doing what they're commanded to do, instead of a Christian understanding who they are in Christ, they always go to the flesh. Always. They go to the flesh. They don't do what they're commanded to do at all. Most of them don't even know what they are commanded to do. They don't understand it at all. They do not understand that the demons control the individual. I have many saved, alive, surveillance camera, many of them, of malls, stores and malls, stores here, there, everywhere, wherever. They're surveillance cameras. 
and a robber of some type, a very, you know, person with the whole get up, dressed in black, mask on, some kind of pistol, Glock or whatever, who knows, I don't know. I used to be in the Navy, so I know how to, I got my marksman ribbon. I know how, I know what I'm doing, but I would never do it. And they come in on the surveillance camera, and they point the gun right in the face of the cashier, but the cashier is a Christian, and she knows her authority in Jesus Christ. She points her finger, this this happens more than once, She point, in this one in particular that I'm seeing in my heart, she points her finger directly at the face of the individual and says, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And the person drops the gun on the ground and runs out of the store. But nobody ever thinks to do that. It's only what's in the Bible. If I had a dime for every beating I took from somebody who thought they knew their Bible and was looking for a way to weasel around what we're commanded to do, commanded by God. Ah. Anyway, praise Jesus. I could go on, which I like to do. I'm going to pray properly for the people over in the Middle East right now. Praise Jesus. But I'm going to use the sword of the Spirit. You have to understand that the most powerful words in the entire Bible is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I had Henry Groover on this program when he was still alive. And Henry Groover gave testimony. And he said, as he was prayer walking over in the Middle East, he was walking along, praying, and was grabbed, believe it or not, by a Hezbollah fighter. And he was dragged by the neck in a chokehold into the cave where they were hiding out, a group of them. Now, you can believe that that Hezbollah fighter probably thought that Henry was an Is you know, from Israel or whatever. Who knows? Who knows? What the heck? Who knows? But what happened was this. This is what he gave testimony. I was like, right on. I asked Henry, by the way, I said, if somebody came up to the front door of your house and shoved a gun right in your face, what would you say? And he said, oh. I would invite him in to dinner and tell him about Jesus. That is a Christian. The Hezbollah fighter had him in a chokehold and a knife up against his throat to cut his jugular. And Henry listened to the Spirit. And the Spirit of God said, Do not move your lips and pray, Father, Forgive him, for he knows not what he does. And at that moment, the Hezbollah fighter shoved Henry away and said, Get out of here. The demon that was controlling the Hezbollah fighter was disarmed and had no more right to control the Hezbollah fighter. 
Henry walked away. Fine as can be. Imagine that. And now, with the sword of the Spirit, understanding the power that we have through Christ, let's go ahead and pray the right way for the people in the Middle East. Does that mean that all the Hezbollah fighters and all the people in Gaza and all the people in Israel are just going to accept Jesus into their heart? No, but it does mean it works. I can give you tons of testimony. I can give you. I can sit here and just give you tons of testimony. I can read you article after article. Here's one from the Gospel Herald News. Here's one from Christian uh, Christian News from the Middle East. Uh, here's another one from the Gospel Herald about the Iranians. Here's another one that came from uh, um, uh, Dinesh D'Souza about he. Act, this is actually just recently on um, Twitter. He posted Muslims by the millions are converting to Christianity. He said this has never happened before, and the astounding explanation given by many of the converts is that they are seeing Jesus in dreams and visions. Oh my goodness! Heaven forbid that the Bible could actually be true. Job thirty three fourteen fifteen King James. This is one particular time that King James nails it. King, King James actually does a really good job with Job. It dorks up a lot of the rest of the Bible, but <laughs> it does a really good job with Job. But anyway... Um, it's it you know and I'm I'm paraphrasing I could read it to you exactly if I wanted to look it up but I don't feel like it. This is the third day in a row I've been sitting here for 18 hours. <laughs> My as uh, as uh, what's his name? Um, Forrest Gump would say, "My buttocks hurts." <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. But anyway. Um, it says in Job 33, 14, and 15, give or take. It says, "God speaks once, yea." twice, but man perceiveth it not, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men. He saves his soul from the pit and seals his instruction. Imagine that. Now, do all demons just automatically flee and respond? I mean, like, are you going to like clear out all the demons and in Gaza and Israel, in one prayer, is that how you think it works? Is that's not how it works. You chop away at it. You don't stop. If I had 50 cents for every time I prayed for an entire continent of people, because Ezekiel 22.30 says um, that we stand in the gap, make a wall, and pray, you know, and we stand a gap on behalf of the land that God would not destroy it. But he found no one. He's looking for somebody to do that. So, and and again, Ezekiel, I'm sorry, uh, Ephesians six ten talks about the, uh, you know, the armor of God. The only offensive weapon in the armor of God is the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit is what? Jesus, who is the Word. And it even says that explicitly in that scripture. It's not up for grabs. It's right there, word for word. So if you don't know your Bible, and you don't know how spiritual warfare works, then you, you're ill-equipped. You're going to have a real bumpy time of it in the days ahead. 
<laughs> real Bumby. So go ahead. Let's go ahead. Knowing what we know now, praise God and thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for the people in the Middle East. But I'm going to share with you the scriptures, just in case there's some new people that are intrigued by this strange concept that they've never heard. Who knows? Don't know. But let's go ahead and examine it for a second. First, I had a miracle happen in my life. I've had many of them. Um, And the Lord told me, I want you to go buy a golden bowl. I I was like, "Uh, okay. It was just one of those things. Because, you know, that still small voice and it and it's weird too because you know it's the Lord because you're thinking about something else. You're thinking like, man, you know, I've got to stay on my keto diet, so I'm going to go make myself some scrambled eggs and cheese. And all of a sudden, it's a golden bowl. Go get a golden bowl. And you're like, what? Go get a golden what the? And and then I'm going out to like Amazon, like a moron, right? And I'm getting eight hundred and fifty dollars, thirteen hundred and fifty dollars. This is back before the, you know, this is a long time ago actually. And then it was like, it was impressed upon my spirit that I needed to go to eBay. And I just went to eBay and I typed golden bowl and bam, right there on this is this big, beautiful, golden colored bowl. Well, I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's only $14. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. So I did because the Lord told me to. When it arrived... I realized that it was covered in grapes and grapevine. What are the odds? So the Lord, so over many, many years of time, the Lord taught me a little here and a little there. Here a little, there a little. You know, lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts. Here a little, there a little. But you have to listen. And you know, you know it's him. Because, like I said, you're thinking of something totally different. The Lord told me I was impetuous, and he was absolutely right. I know it was him. Because I was thinking about something completely different at the time. And all of a sudden I heard impetuous. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm another version of Peter. Whatever. But anyway, hopefully I don't don't get hung upside upside down on the cross by Asbola soldier. But anyway, um, so I got the golden bowl of forgiveness. And then I started to pray. And but I knew things. I was very blessed because over time. You know, lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts, here a little, there a little. The Lord showed me things. And like, for example, the Lord showed me through the testimony of a person who was, didn't even know me. It, 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 it's just, I knew it. I knew it. I knew the fire of God was a weapon. Oh, and by the way, I I know people. I know people who used to work for Satan and they... Or or they were taken by the Lord into the spiritual realm. It's not called the second heaven. That is a lie from the devil. There is no such thing. That is a bunk. 
Okay, uh, where people get these notions, I will. I, my, I can't lobotomize myself enough to come up with that stuff. Okay, it's the spiritual realm. It is a thick, stinky, horrible. Uh, Earth is a molded milk ball, and we're on the we're in the crunchy part on the middle, and then there's that chocolate that goes around it, and we can't see it, but it exists there in the spiritual realm, and that's the place where the second they're referred to. A lot of people refer to them as second order demons, and there are people out there that mistakenly say that we are not supposed to mess with them. We're supposed to leave them alone, and I'm like, no, you can kiss my grits. Okay, I know what my Bible says. It says we wrestle against principalities, powers, and strongholds, and I. Have I've never seen anybody in a wrestling match sitting in a corner going, please, Jesus, help me from the evil. You know, no. There are two participants in a wrestling match, and your goal is to take it out. So, anyway, plus I had the benefit of knowing people. You know, like when I had that thing happen with the you know, the attempt on my life and all that. It's all those things add up. You you learn something when all these things are happening. Believe me, you don't like it when it's happening. But, you know, the Lord brings you through it and you know, it humbles you up and then you learn something and whatever. Oh, boy. Anyway, someday I'll give the testimony again about the key. I told uh, Brother Stephen Ben Noon about the key miracle. The miracle of the first watch key, that's a that's mind-bending. I need to do another testimony. But anyway, these are all things that happened between like 2016 and now. But, um, but look, so check it out. So we stand on – so we're praying for the people of a particular land, Ezekiel 2230. We stand in the gap for them, right? We know that God depends on us to pray. Isaiah 43.25, let us contend together. That's by his perfect design. It's our calling. It, it's all over the Bible. Okay, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle instead against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness, rulers of darkness, and blah, 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 blah. I hate them. I hate their guts. But the problem is you got to know what you're doing because they'll open up a can of whoop honey on you something fierce if you don't. But if you do know what you're doing, you can get rid of them pretty quick. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, but not for, I would say the vast majority, they don't have, they're not subject to the exceptions. Where, where you run across exceptions is what's called satanic ritual abuse and disassociative identity disorder. When they have been taken as small children usually and abused horribly, and then they do rituals, you know, ooga, chaga, ooga, ooga, and they do all this weird, creepy stuff, and then they invite demons, and they, it's just a horrible, horrible, horrible thing, and they create, essentially, mind control slaves. These are murderers, and the one that was sent to kill me, that was that person's mission. Anyway, so when you learn these things little by little, and I, I knew this other woman who was taken into the spiritual realm. 
the Lord took her there and showed her what goes on there. She saw it happening. When we pray out of faith, our prayers are ten times, I don't who knows how many times, but many times a magnitude, logarithmically more powerful than they are in any other realm. Okay? When we are trapped here in this evil, dark, seething hologram of stench, which is what it is, even though it has the beauty of God and nobody has an excuse to not acknowledge God. Romans 1. When you understand that how things are made up and how they all work and you understand Father, forgive them and all that other stuff and the fact that it takes the legal right, that which is bound on earth is bound in heaven, that which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. When you understand that you are a royal priesthood, you are a royal priesthood. You are. It doesn't say you're becoming. It says you are a royal priesthood. You get it? All right. Hopefully you do. So what I do is I take, but this can be done by anybody. It's it's symbolic. It's like taking communion, right? So I raise the golden bowl that our Heavenly Father gave me, and I say, Father, Forgive the people of the lands, and I and I mean this now. So here we go, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive. I lift up this golden bowl of, of which you have given me, and I pray that everybody else is too symbolically doing the same. We lift up together our golden bowls of forgiveness on behalf of every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of the Middle East, Father. Father, we pray, please forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, please forgive them. They know not what they do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered into the lands of Israel and into the lands of the Moabites and the Amorites and all of the otherites. The whole land, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we are praying for the people. We are praying for the victims. Father, in the name of Jesus, please forgive them, for they know not what they do. And as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all the people in the land of, ne- of Israel, Father, we confess of their sins before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curse throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name. Now let's go after them. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places above those lands, we come against you in Jesus' name. We decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you in accordance with Colossians 2.15 in Jesus' name. And we plead with the courts of heaven and we declare hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost across all of the lands of the Middle East. Come forth, strong men, come out now in the name of Jesus Christ, we command it. Out! 
out. We declare in the name of Jesus, hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon you, demons of darkness, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the holy fire of God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus to permeate the pit and to burn you where you are, because we have come to punish you before your time. For greater things than these will we do because our king has gone unto the Father. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. And we declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate them on all sides. Job 1.9. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house, even if but for a time, Father, even if but for a time, in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray, the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow deep into their hearts, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Alleluia. And Father, we plead and pray in Jesus' name that you will send an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence of our Lord Jesus, the Good Shepherd, that he would call them all by their name in their native tongue. For we know, Father, that you would want not one to perish. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come. 